Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so glad you are listening in on our podcast today. And our first thing I want to address is I apologize for last week. Uh, last Monday, we did not have a podcast. Uh, we had a little bit of some technical difficulties. We had something ready to go, and uh, it just did not uh, go out there. And so we're redoing it this week. So you have not missed anything. We are still technically in week four of being rich. And uh, so you did not miss a message. And because uh, this past Sunday, uh, yesterday, we uh, had a uh, our, a mission, or basically our youth group came back from a camp, and, and they just shared kind of some of their testimony, so we didn't really have a message uh, to put out there. Uh, so you are going to be all caught up if you are listening in today. And uh, if you are listening, we are in the fourth part of a message series, I, I, as I shared with you. It's called Being Rich and What Matters Most. And some of you may not have been listening early for earlier messages, and if you have not, um, I have some really good news for you. And you may not know this, but the good news is you are rich. Every single one of you that are listening are absolutely rich. And you may say, you know what, I don't feel rich. But when you look at yourself compared to people all over the world, we are massively blessed by God. The good news is you're rich. There's also bad news. The bad news is what? you're rich. <laughs> it's actually a challenge to us to be so blessed because it makes it more difficult for us to depend on God. It's easy for us to be distracted by the blessings that we have. And the reality is because we are so blessed, God actually ex expects more of us. He says to whom much is given, much is required. So today's uh, podcast, I want to talk to you about a different way of, of being rich, okay, that you, you may have never thought of before. Uh, in fact, uh, this message out of this series is, is, is one of my favorites, if not the favorite. And, and so I want to review our key verses uh, for you. It's from uh, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Here's what he says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may, not, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I want you to notice that, that God's word tells us to be rich in, in good deeds, to do good and to be rich in good deeds. And what's interesting, though, is when you actually become rich, the odd, things, it's, the odd thing is it is easier to be self-centered than, than, than it is to be others-centered, you know? Have you ever noticed that? When we get more rich stuff, we start to think about ourselves. We start to think, well, maybe I could travel, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but, but we start thinking about traveling, and maybe uh, I could redo my house, you know, or, and then again, there's nothing wrong with that because I've done that to my house, okay, and maybe you've done it as well. Or you, you start thinking, you know, I'd like to get some new clothes, I'd like to go to Disney World, you know, whatever it would be, 
when you get rich, it's easier to start being more self-centered than it is to be others-centered. And Paul said, that's not how to be rich. The best way to be rich is to also not only be generous or willing to share, but to do good deeds and to be rich in helping others. So I want to ask you this. Since you are rich, how rich are you in good deeds? Are you making a difference in people's lives in, in good deeds? Or are you kind of like middle class in good deeds? Or maybe are you poor in good deeds? Because you've forgotten that one of the ways to be rich is to be rich towards God by serving others. Command those who are rich and to do good and to be rich in good deeds. So I want to add to our statement that we've been, been talking about and it's been growing, right? It's been growing week after week. Uh, and we, you can kind of listen along and, and then what I'm going to do is add uh, a one more line on the end of it, okay? And our, our statement has been going, it goes like this, God has blessed me with more than I need, I am rich. But I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more, and this is your add-on, do more. Okay, that's it. That's all we're adding on. Uh, that's the part we're going to add. Okay, let's, let's say that last part again. Because I have more, I will give more and do more. Okay? Now, when we talk about being rich in good deeds, we need to agree upon one foundational principle. And if you miss this point, you're really going to miss an important part of this message. So if you're, if you're taking notes of any kind, we're talking about good deeds and good works. Okay? We, we need to understand that we're not saved by good works but we are saved for good works, okay? This is, this is really exciting. Uh, we are not saved and made right before God because we do religious things or we try harder or we stop doing bad things and start doing good things. We are not made right with God by those good works, but we are transformed by God to do good works. In fact, this is the way Paul described it in, in Ephesians, okay? It comes from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 8 and 10, okay, or 8 through 10. Here's what he says. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God loves you so much that he equipped you with everything you need to do everything he wants you to do. He prepared you to do good works in this world and to make a difference. Every now and then you, you will sense it. You'll, you'll think, wow, here's something that must have been on my divine to-do list before I was even born. And, and you'll look at it and you'll go, oh yeah, this one's mine, right? I've got the ability. I've got the time. This is one of those things that God gave to me to be a blessing to someone else. I can be rich in good deeds to someone. Now, I don't know how it will be for you. You know, maybe you're driving along and someone's got a flat tire on the side of the road, right? And you're like, oh, I've fantasized about being in the Indy 500 pit crew. This one's mine, right? And you go up and you say, ma'am, can I help and serve you? And you do an amazing job. And she's like, yeah, can I pay you for it? And you're like, no, 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 no. Uh, believe me, God sent me to be a blessing to you. I've got this one. This one's mine, right? Maybe you love cooking and you and the Food Channel are BFFs, right? And someone is sick and you're like, I hate that they are sick. What can I do for them? And you're like, oh man, I'm going to make them a meal that is so good. They're going to be healed when they taste this meal. This one's mine, right? 
or someone at work is really having a bad day. They're really down and you're like, you know what? Everybody says I got some big ears and they are big. They're larger than normal, right? Well, maybe I can just be here to listen to them. I'm just going to kick back and, and this one's going to mine. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be a good listener. I'm just going to be a blessing to them and listen. And every now and then you just realize, you know what? God gave me the ability and God gave me time and I'm not going to be poor in good deeds. I'm going to be rich in good deeds. God empowered me to make a difference in somebody's lives. So what I want to do is we're going to talk about three different principles about being rich in good deeds because God has given us more than we need. We are rich, right? And because we have more, not only are we going to give more, but we are going to do more to serve people and bring glory to him. Here's the three thoughts about our good deeds. Okay. The first one, if you're taking any kind of notes is my good deeds should always point to God and never to me. Okay. My good deeds should point to God, not me. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, you are the light of a world. A town built on a, but built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice he did not say so they can hear your words, right? What he said is they may, that they may see your good deeds, and then he didn't say, and they may say, you're one heck of a guy or one heck of a gal. He didn't say that. He, and, then, and then he went on to say, and they'll glorify you for your faithful service, right? No, he didn't say that either. But what he said is, they may see your good deeds, and who will they glorify? They will glorify your Father in heaven. I love the power of this. When Jesus said, let your light shine, he was not talking about your words. He was talking about your actions. You may never have thought of this, but your actions may be the only sermon some people ever hear. Your actions can actually be a declaration of the goodness of God. And when you do something, they're not going to say you're good, but you're going to deflect the glory to our God and say, no, it's because he's good that I'm doing good. You see, I'm not saved by good works. I'm saved for good works that God prepared in advance for me to do. And you're going to see these divine opportunities transform. So the first principle is, is my good deeds will never point to me but always to God. The second one, if you're taking any kind of notes, is this is a really important, by the way, that we understand and get this right. Uh, I'm going to spend a little more time here, so just be prepared. The second principle is this. My good deeds must help others in the way they need it, not in the way I want to give it, okay? My good deeds must help others in the way they need, not in the way I want to give it. Now, I have a couple of odd examples, okay, for this. Let's say someone's house burns to the ground. You would not go over to them and say, God, put it on my heart to wash your car. Can I wash your car? I'd love to wash your car. I mean, that would make me so happy if I could just wash your car. See, no one says that when someone's house is burned down, right? They don't need someone washing their car. They need help in other ways. And we're not, so we're not going to help in the way that we want to. Uh, if someone loses their job and needs help eating and putting food on the table, we don't say, hey, I've got this old junky couch I was going to donate. If you'll come pick it up, it, it's yours. That's not going to help, is it? But that's often the way uh, we as Christians give, though. You know, it's, it's like, it's kind of this attitude. Oh, I'm such a good person. I gave the stuff I'd never used to somebody else. Aren't I such a great guy, right? We're going to help them in a way they need it, not in the way we want to give it. 
That's the way Jesus did it in Acts 10.38. Scripture says this, then, then Jesus went around and doing good. He was healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay? He was healing those who were oppressed by the devil. He was helping them in a way they needed it. What he didn't say was, hey, you know, I know you're being oppressed by the devil, so, so watch this. I'm going to turn water into wine for you. It may not help you get better, but it will help you feel better, at least while you've got this buzz going on, okay? He didn't do that. He, he didn't go and take money out of the fish's mouth like he did someone somewhere else and say, hey, here's 20 bucks, go and have some fun. He helped them in a way they needed, not in a way that, that perhaps we would want to give it, okay? So as Christians, we're going to make sure when we help people, we help them out without hurting them, okay? We're not the hero, we're here to help them get better, and we're never going to do something that they could do for themselves, right? We're always going to give them a hand up and not a hand out. Let me just tell you some ways in my experience I've seen this go bad with, with people who have good intentions, okay? And we never, ever think about this. Let's take Christmas time. Families are so generous when it comes to Christmas time, right? And they love to go buy presents for families who can't afford it. And that can be done very well and can be a big, huge blessing. Or, if done poorly, it can actually be a curse. Imagine, imagine it done poorly, okay? You go in and you buy the things the family could never, ever afford. Maybe even have a hard time maintaining once they have it. For example, you give an iPhone to a family who can't afford the data plan, all right? Something on that lines. And you come in and you give all these extravagant gifts and the dad sits over in the corner feeling like a big old failure, okay? Because he couldn't provide this for his children. And the children, rather than being grateful for the dad, they, the, who they already kind of resent the dad anyways because he can't provide what their friends have, and the children look to you as the hero, and it disconnects the relationship between father and children. And we have good intentions. We, we never meant to hurt them. Instead, if we're going to do this, we're going to give something appropriate, and we're going to let the dad or the parents be the heroes, not us. Okay? We're going to give in a way that helps. We're going to be rich in good deeds in a way that we don't give hands out, but we give hands up as the church full of the glory of God to help people become better. And when we do it as the church, we're going to go the extra mile, okay? We're always going to go the extra mile. And that's a phrase a lot of people use, but a lot of people don't know where that phrase comes from. So what I want to show you or tell you is where that comes from and give you an application, okay? This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 5.41. He said, if anyone forces you to go a mile, you should go two miles. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, in the time when Jesus was living, a Roman soldier had the legal authority to ask anyone to carry their gear for one mile. They could go up to you and say, hey, you, okay, come here, grab my stuff, and take this and walk for a mile. And you'd have to go, yes, sir, uh, and, and no problem, sir, uh, but you only had to do it one mile, okay? And a Roman mile happened to be 1,000 steps. So when you walked 1,000 steps, you fulfilled your duty. And Jesus was saying, basically, I know that's kind of humiliating and that's the law, but since you serve me, you're not going to just go one mile, but you're gonna, going to glorify God by going two miles. You don't have to, but you're going to because you get to. And you're going to say, I'm serving under authority, and I'm going to be a great witness. Even though you didn't ask, I'm going to do extra. And that's what we're going to do as a church. 
And I don't know how it will play out for you, but if you're babysitting for somebody, okay, if you're a young teen and you're babysitting and, and you want to bless them, you may just say, hey, this one's on the house. I'm doing it for free. And then if you really want to go that extra mile, you know, clean the dishes, pick up the toys, you know, clean the house, whatever, and honor God. You didn't have to. You, you just pretty much had to get the kids in bed and keep them alive, right? But you also went the extra mile and did something different. When you're making a meal for somebody, okay, you could run through the drive-thru and say, hey, you know what, supersize that, you know, and get them some fast food or something. Or you could go to the extra trouble, the extra mile, and get a salad and a main course and some dessert and some utensils and some napkins and plates and everything, and maybe even a little gift and say, I want to bless you because I've been so blessed by God. We're going to go the extra mile. So in our good deeds, we're not going to be poor in good deeds. We're not even going to be middle class in good deeds. You see, we have been blessed with so much. We have more than we need. Therefore, because we have more, we're going to give more and we're going to do more. And when we do more, we're not going to draw the attention to us, but we're going to draw the attention to God. And when we do more, we're not going to do what others could do for themselves. We're going to help be a blessing to lift them up and make their lives better. We're not going to help them in a way that we want to. We're going to help them in a way they need it. So the third point, uh, far and away, my favorite thought, already. And I pray this inspires you, and, and I really hope it lights you on fire to be uh, the church in a way that God has called us to be. Okay, the first principle, remember, was my good deeds should point to God, not to me. The second principle was my good deeds should help others in the way they need it and not in the way I want to give it. And the third one, uh, the third one is my good deeds will glorify God through his church. My good deeds will represent God in the church through the church, to give glory to God in all that we do. So what we do for the glory of God is we say, I've been blessed. I'll do more. You do more. Let's be involved. Let's give. Let's round up. Let's go the extra mile. Let's be even a bigger blessing. Now, when do we do this? Not just at work or hanging out with your friends, but we do it in the church and through the church. When you get together in, in your life groups or small groups or wherever you get together in your church, you can spur one another on. You can go, hey, let's do more. Let's, let's make a bigger difference. Hey, who can we bless? How can we make a difference? Where can we serve in our church? How can we glorify God? You see, we're not going to be below average in good deeds. We're going to be rich in good deeds because when you're rich in good deeds, Timothy said, you'll find the life that is truly life. If you just settle for material possessions, you know, they may thrill you for a little while, but if you really want to be full or you really want to be satisfied, you make a difference in other people's lives for the glory of God. We're going to be rich in that way. Can I be real with you? on this podcast, okay? I'm hoping I can be really real with you at this moment, okay? You see, we as Christians, okay, we as the people that make up the, the, the body of the church, we are the church, okay? And I believe with all my heart that, that through Christ, the local church is the hope of the world. And you have within you spiritual gifts, every single one of you that's listening, that, that God wants to be used, okay, in his church, for his church, and through his church. Therefore, if you just come to church but never use your gifts in the church or through the church, 
then there's some good work that God prepared in advance for you to do to glorify him through his church that is not being done. Okay, you're coming to church and that's a good place to start. And, and I'm glad you're doing that. You know, I'm glad when our folks show up at Chandler Acres, but you could go the extra mile and you could use the gifts that you have to glorify God in his church and through the church. The church is the best organization to meet the needs of the people in the world. And when we become the church in this way, we are rich in good deeds. People may say, well, I don't even agree with what you believe, but I see that you love me. And they will know us by our love. And in the New Testament church, when they realized that they were rich, and it wasn't even about the things, you know what they did? They were so crazy, they would sell some of the what they had, and they would basically give it to the leaders of the church to distribute wherever and whenever and however they felt led to do so. Let me show you what happened through this New Testament church, okay? When this happened, let me show you what, what really happened. Acts 4, 33 and 34. Listen to what it says. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. That's what happened to them. No needy persons among them because the church acts like the church because God has blessed us with more than we need. We are rich. We will not trust in our riches, but in him who richly provides. Because we have more, we will give more, and we will do more. And that's how to be rich at what matters most. That's the kind of church that will be for the glory of God. For we are not saved by good works, but are saved to do good works. Amen. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you'll uh, come back next week as we finish our series of being rich and what matters most. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.